7.30 p.m., a body was recovered from the Red River near the Alexander Docks. For six serial killers to be operating in that town. An Amber Alert is still in effect in parts of Canada for a two-year-old girl An Ontario woman says her father committed brutal murders and buried the bodies. Millions of dollars worth of maple syrup has been siphoned off from storage in Quebec. With the crime covered up. had planned for a year to steal it and kill its owner. You ever been interviewed by the police in a, in a room like this before? And I'm Shelly. And welcome to another episode of True North Crime. Where we discuss Canadian crime and Canadian law. Yes. See, I remember this You time. did. You did really well. <laughs> I know. Good for you. I'm so <laughs> patting myself on the back. <laughs> uh, we wanted to start off not with, I can't call it housekeeping. I guess we'll call it law keeping. Law keeping? Yeah. So we thought with the last one we were bringing up, um, we kind of used the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and interchangeably with the constitution and they're two entirely separate not not entirely no they're not separate things so i mean i i had to go through because i remember studying this in school and uh, multiple times actually and it never (laughs) stuck apparently (laughs) and i was i was right but not accurate okay so the two are not mutually exclusive but they are definitely uh, it's important to get them right I think for important to understand the distinction. Yes, absolutely. Between the, the consti- constitutional rights and the rights granted to us through the Charter, Charter of Rights, rights and, and Freedoms. Yeah. So a lot of people think, um, especially us who are a little bit younger, like our parents might not uh, see this, like because they were. Oh, my mom understands the difference. Oh no! But, but here's the thing: is it's like our parents would definitely know the difference because they lived through this change. Oh right. So whereas, whereas we just yeah. always assume that this was something that it's much something. like much like kind of like the Bill of Rights in the United States has been there for so long that it was always there. Yeah. Right. But that's not the case in Canada. So uh, Canada had the Canadian Bill of Rights. It was called the Canadian Bill of Rights. And that was in 1960 that was made. Um, But it was a parliamentary law that could be changed uh, by a vote in parliament. So if you're a majority party and like a law just didn't suit your means (laughs) or a right, you just didn't like a right. Just change that law. Vote it out. (laughs) Easy. Yeah, exactly. So um, in the Trudeau uh, era, uh, Pierre Trudeau. Pierre, yeah. should... Trudeau, Trudeau Senior. <laughs> Trudeau Senior in the '60s didn't like the fact that um, the Canadian Bill of Rights was essentially a parliamentary law. He wanted it to be more of a judicial law as a embedded yeah. rights. Smart man. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was smart. We'll give him that. Controversial, but smart. So what he actually did is um, the Constitution was drawn up. Uh, the Canadian Constitution in 1982. Everybody thinks it's really early, but 1982 is actually... I knew that. that. And that it was part of the know. BNA Act, which is the British North America Act, in which case Canada officially became independent from Britain. Right. Um, and it was signed by, you know, our good old Queen Elizabeth II, you know, the grandmother of Canada. Yep. <laughs> Just like the one you want to have over for tea and then ship her off home. Um, and it was signed on April 17th, 1982. Okay. And... So the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, is Trudeau's idea. And it is the first part of the Constitutional Act. Okay. So it is part of the Constitution, but it's kind of separate. And what it did is it took away the powers from Parliament and gave it over to the the judiciary. Okay. So in order to change um, a provision of the Charter it would be much more difficult to do so. So there was a lot of controversy over this because it gave the uh, judicial um, wing uh, of government 
you know, a lot more power. Yeah. So, and reasonably that some people were upset by this because, you know, it's... Well, the politicians now can't just change these laws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And also that means that the um, judicial system has more of a say in also the norms and values of the Canadian citizen. Right. And this this has come up in the news recently in Canada. Um, There have been... Not challenges, but people arguing successfully that their rights have been violated in one way or another. So there was that guy at Guantanamo who got a huge settlement. It's very controversial because his rights were violated when he was held in Guantanamo. He's a Canadian citizen. Yes. And people were very, um, and I think we can, we should cover that sometime because there are controversies and a lot of misunderstanding about how law functions and why um he was given certain sums of money and what yeah, was like in composition yeah. and also but also people are like well he was a terrorist or whatever and there, there was a i'm not going to get into it here because that i think is it's an a episode. whole episode it's, on, it's a whole yeah, episode absolutely but um there's a lot more to that case than a lot of people understood and it still is cause for controversy but a lot of people misunderstood and were just knee-jerk uh, emotional reaction to what yep. was in the news instead oh, yeah. of understanding how law functions. Right. And I'm not even an expert, as we all know from this podcast, but <laughs> I I do under I do look into things a little bit more than I would say your average Joe. Yeah. So which gives me obviously more authority to speak obviously, on this topic. <laughs> I took law in high school. Exactly. I took law in high school and I studied <laughs> politics in university forever. And then tons of people in my family are lawyers. So, so that made me very wary of arguing <laughs> and made me very aware of my own ego, <laughs> which would be crushed on a regular basis. Still hasn't stopped it from growing, though. No, no. My half-brother's 26 years older than I am, and he's a lawyer. And he used to, like, when I was a kid, he would, like, eviscerate me. Yeah. Like, just mentally. My brother would beat, my other brother, my full brother, who's four years older than me, would beat the crap out of me. And my other brother would just, like, eviscerate me mentally if my arguments weren't sound enough. It was, right. it was a terrible way to grow <laughs> up. So needless to say, my psychologist has been well-funded. Okay, so let's talk about murder. <laughs> oh, murder, right. So Rachel obviously chose this one because we're talking about murder. Of course. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to cover the torso murder. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I'm guessing it has to do with the torso. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just limbs, no torso. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, on October 30th, 1920, Alexander McLean, wife of Donald McLean, gave birth to a baby girl they named Evelyn. Donald worked for the Hamilton Street Hamilton Street Railway as a streetcar conductor. Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton, Ontario. This Steel is, Town. Steel Town. The Hammer. That's the where this hammer. is all set in the Hammer. I was born in Hamilton. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> this is my town. <laughs> sure it is. Tie cats go. Go tie cats. Yay. <laughs> anyway, go on. Okay, so uh, Donald worked for the Hamilton Street Railway as a streetcar conductor. Uh, he then later moved into an office job within the same company. This will be important later. Okay. Okay. Donald drank a lot and Alexandra had a quick temper. Mm -hmm. The two did not get along uh, and spent time apart. So it's pretty safe to say that Evelyn didn't grow up in a happy home. Right. Um, Before divorce was really a thing. Before divorce was really a thing. Mm. Exactly. I don't think she had a lot of friends either because her parents thought she was too fragile to be outside running and jumping and playing with the neighborhood kids. So she was a sickly kid? No, I don't think she was sickly at all. I think her parents, for whatever reason, were just, just like, overprotective and weird. Overprotective and mm. coddled her. Um, yeah. So I think 
I think she had a kind of a lonely childhood. That's what it sounded like. Further complicating uh, Evelyn's social life were the rumors that her father, Donald, was stealing from his employer. Wow. Because through this office job, he had access to the company's revenue. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he was totally white collar in crime. So he's, yeah, he is dipping into the, the to the HSR coffers D- there. Dipping into the company, Inc.? Yeah. Like so. literally? Not, <laughs> not in the figurative sense? Well, they, li- they lived well, right. this family. They had a lot of money in the bank. Um, and when Emlyn went out shopping, she had handfuls of nickels. And nickels are what people used to pay the fare on the streetcar. Oh, okay. So he's like, I guess, stealing nickels. Yeah, stealing nickels. Yeah, stealing nickels. Mm-hmm. Okay, since her parents were preoccupied with living high on the hog, uh, it should come as no surprise that they encouraged Evelyn to become a socialite. They pulled her out of public school and enrolled her in the prestigious Loretto Academy, which is a private Catholic school for girls. Mm. When she was a little bit older, she hosted lavish parties at the Royal Connet Hotel and spent money on her friends and acquaintances. But despite her best efforts to join high society, she was never really welcome, probably because she wasn't born into it. Yeah, that's still the, the same way yeah. it is now. Like, yeah. new money, like, ugh. <laughs> new money. New money. <laughs> uh, I know what we're both thinking. Yeah. I'm not going to go into that story no, here. No. It's a funny story, though. You're missing out, listener. <laughs> okay, so Evelyn, she's trying to climb the social ladder, but she can only get so far. Um, she did have one thing going for her. She was a good-looking woman. And popular among older men, members of Hamilton society, and they bought her expensive jewelry and furs. Nice. And, of course, her her parents and her mother especially really encouraged this behavior in her. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, seeking out sugar daddies and whatnot. In that, there's a lot of families that still encourage Still that. encourage that, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's true. A, that's a common thing. This is not just an era. No. So, in 1942, Evelyn gave birth to a daughter, Heather. It was all a bit scandalous because she, A, had no husband, and B, was known to go out with numerous gentlemen. Hmm. Uh, Evelyn quelled the rumors swirling around her by saying she was either married to or widowed by a naval officer named Norman White who was stationed overseas. Ooh. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, Evelyn had two other pregnancies. The second resulted in a stillbirth, which is awful Mm -hmm. and the third produced a son a boy she named peter um since her house was already full of people and because her father didn't want another child to look after her parents were already caring for heather evelyn returned home from the hospital without peter she said she gave him up to the children's aid society evelyn's parents split up in 1945 and in june of that year evelyn um her daughter heather and her mother alexandra moved into an apartment about a month later, Evelyn announced that she was going to marry a man named John Dick. John was a Russian immigrant who, like her father, worked for the Hamilton Street Railway. Alexandra was more confused than happy at this news. She'd never heard of John Dick. Hmm. Uh, a name she was familiar, familiar with was Bill Bohozik, because Bill was Evelyn's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is one of those stories. Yeah. So Evelyn kind of, so Evelyn got around. She, yeah. She got around. She got around. She was a, a lady of before her time, we'll say. I don't know uh, if that's necessarily the case. 
Well, I would have to say that, you know, free love came in the 60s later, I guess. Oh, no, this is in the 60s. No, this is in the 40s. This isn't free love. This is just her... Sleeping around. Sleeping around. All right. And getting these men to buy her stuff. It's pretty normal. Pretty normal. (laughs) And I had read somewhere that... We know all, we all know someone you like know, that. She's, she's like, she was a party girl, but might have also been a prostitute. So she might have right. accepted cash ah. as well. Hmm, interesting. From some of these men. Lady of the night. Lady. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, she was a full on uh, full time sex worker, but. Escort? Not even. I think just maybe they just had some kind of. Sugar daddies. Sugar, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Evelyn's parents didn't. <laughs> Before Ashley Madison. <laughs> Before was Ashley Madison, <laughs> right. She's the original Ashley Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn's parents didn't approve of John, uh, and they didn't attend her wedding, huh. which took place on October 14, 1945. Their newly wedded bliss didn't last long when Evelyn realized John wasn't nearly as well off as she imagined. She walked out, shacking up with her old flame, Bill. Hey. Hey. Hey, Bill, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Poor Bill. God. Okay, so the details here are a little muddy, and I'm not really sure the precise order of events as to kind of what happened around this time time when she leaves John. Right. Okay, so... murdering time, I'm assuming? uh, Not quite murdering time, Hmm. because we're leading up to... We're getting there. All right. Okay, so... God, this is taking forever. I know, right? <laughs> this build-up. Slow burn. I, okay, so I read that for a month after their wedding, Evelyn still lived with her mother, and then I think she then moved into new, into an apartment with John, but she didn't like it. It just wasn't up to her standards. Right. Um, and then she left him. After she left him, John convinced her to come back, and then the two moved into a house which Evelyn bought. It was her house and her name on the the page. Like, he's nowhere... He doesn't own any part of this house. I'm picturing this as, like, an episode of, like, 1945 Jerry Springer. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but then other places, other things that I read said that they just, they moved into the house and there wasn't this business with some, like, shitty apartment. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it doesn't really matter. The point is that at one point they were living together in this house. Um... But the cohabitation didn't last, and John moved out to live with his cousin, a guy named Alex. Still keen to see his marriage work, John spoke with Evelyn's father, Donald. He was hoping Donald would convince his daughter to stop stepping out and behave like a proper wife. Donald, Honestly, he didn't know who he was marrying. <laughs> yeah, right? Donald refused, mm-hmm. and so John tried blackmailing him, threatening to tell the Hamilton Street Railway about how Donald was stealing from them. Wow. Donald did some threatening of his own, saying he would kill John. Oh. <laughs> and then John went to the police, but nothing came of it. So I don't know if they, like, didn't believe him or what, but that didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so March 16, 1946. So like half a year from when they got married. Got married in April, right? They got married in October oh, okay. 1945. Okay, yeah, so yeah, half a year-ish. Kids playing near Albion Falls on the Hamilton Escarpment found a headless pig. Closer inspection revealed it to be a human torso. A torso with two bullet holes and a big gash in the abdomen, suggesting someone had tried to cut the torso in half, but didn't get very far. This is all that remained of John Dick. 
He was last seen by his cousin Alex 10 days earlier on March 6th. Uh, so, of course, the, poli- the police immediately sought out the widow, mm. Evelyn. Her reply, when told about the grisly discovery, was, Don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, there you have it. She then proceeded to tell them about how an Italian hitman came to her door looking for John. The Italian said he was going to fix John for messing with his wife. Okay. Yep, more bullshit. Um, The police continued with their investigation, learning that Evelyn had borrowed a Packard from a man named Bill Landig. A Packard? What's a Packard? A Packard is a great big car. Okay. When Evelyn returned the car, there was blood on the front seat and a bloody necktie in the back. Well, I'm not lending to you again, lady. <laughs> no, right? She says. I get annoyed when people return my vehicles with, like, just McDonald's wrappers right. or something in them. The car was also banged up some, um, and it came out that Evelyn had tried to park it in her garage behind her house, but the car was too big for the garage, and she had damaged it while trying to park. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> Evelyn explained away the blood, saying Heather had cut herself. But blood typing showed the blood was the same type as John's and not Heather's. Right. Okay, upon hearing this When did blood typing become a thing? I have no idea. There is an episode of Murdoch Mysteries (laughs) where they deal with blood typing. Damn it. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to refer to our our case study of Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) They invent everything on that show. I I love it. I know. Or they bring in the latest <laughs> fingerprint technologies and so on. Uh, they, have, they already have fingerprints. They call them finger marks. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, but there is an episode about blood typing. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, Murdoch. <laughs> okay, so um, when Evelyn heard about the blood type uh, stuff, her story changed again. <laughs> She told police a man phoned her and told her John had knocked up some woman and he, the man on the phone, was coming for him. (laughs) The caller asked to meet her so he could borrow a car. (laughs) Right? Evelyn said she borrowed the car from Bill Landig (laughs) and drove out to meet the mystery caller. So she's just a terrible liar. She's awful. <laughs> like there's I could have come up with way better stories off the top of my head. <laughs> Wait for it. So she, when she goes out to meet the mystery man, he's got a sack which he said contained part of John. She drove him and his sack of John to the dump site. Hamilton <laughs> oh, escarpment. Terrible. Oh. Then Evelyn changed her story again. <laughs> this time. Um, her old boyfriend, Bill, had hired Italian killers to do away with John. She explained how it all went down and showed the cops the site of John's execution on some, like, lonely road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Of course. Uh, while all of this was going on, the police searched Evelyn's home and found a beige suitcase in a trunk in the attic. The suitcase was filled with concrete, and encased in the concrete was the remains of a baby boy. Oh, okay, yeah. This was her son, Peter, mm-hmm. who was born in 1944 mm-hmm. and then smothered to death shortly afterwards. Yeah. So she came home with a baby. Threw it in the trunk. And had it there for years, though. Like, you'd think that she would dispose of it? I don't it was know. too heavy I mean, in the end for her to lift? I don't know. Well, it's a suitcase encased in concrete. Yeah, it's heavy. But she had dragged that thing up to the attic to put in this trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she's just not very smart like that. But, like, obviously there's something wrong with you if you kill your baby. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> generally there's something I'm kind, wrong, kind wrong of wrong with her. her yeah. With. yeah. She's, she's got some issues. <laughs> so when police told She's Ab- also just a terrible fucking liar. <laughs> well, when they told Evelyn about how they found her baby in the attic, Ooh. she told them Bill had killed the baby and then two years later killed John. Right, of course. Of course. So she's like blaming it all on her old boyfriend. (laughs) Police also found charred human bone in Evelyn's furnace, ash in the backyard, and clothing from a Hamilton Street railway uniform. In her parents' basement was a cache of guns and cash. Like, a lot of cash. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, so Evelyn, her father Donald, and her lover Bill were all three charged with the murder of John Dick. Hmm. Evelyn's trial was a huge deal. People turned up in droves at the I Hamilton s- courthouse. I saw a picture. Pictures. They are lined There's, up. I like, and I was like, okay, people line up. I'm thinking like single file, but no. it's like five, six people deep. Yeah, and it is like going around monuments and like blocks and blocks and blocks. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Jen, they're all just there to catch a glimpse of her. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so... She was quite pretty. She was. She was a pretty woman. And mm. she's like, so it's this pretty young woman in her 20s who killed her husband. And, and it's quite the, saucy. And when like, the baby story comes like out, it slept just around. adds to her notoriety. Yeah, and, so it's like... And she's been sleeping around, but she has money and she's well-educated. But and, she doesn't have it. She looks like she has money. Yeah, but, yeah, she but she's been brought, but she's yeah, been brought so up. So it's just it, like right. total circus. Yeah. Uh, Evelyn's lawyer had her trial severed from that of her father and lover. Uh, His plan was to present Evelyn as an attractive, guileless young woman who was incapable of murder. Uh, He even had a psychologist testify that Evelyn was low intelligence, too stupid to plan and carry out a murder. Uh, His portrait of Evelyn as an innocent dummy ran counter to the intelligent and manipulative woman people knew. She'd been conning these old men. Yeah, well, not obviously that intelligent. I mean, she's a terrible fucking liar. She's a terrible liar, yeah. Evelyn's mother, Alexandra, agreed to testify for the crown against her daughter in return for immunity. Her testimony was pretty damning. She said Evelyn had gone home for a long time on March 6th, which was, you know, the last day John was seen alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on March 8th, Alexandra asked after John, and Evelyn told her he wouldn't be coming around anymore. She also testified her husband owned a handgun and a large butcher's knife. Hmm. Handy. And, of course. At her trial, all of Evelyn's secrets were made public. She admitted to sleeping with 150 men, including the trial judge's son. <laughs> did did you did you read the dialogue from that? Yes. Do you have do you have I it? don't have it with me, unfortunately. Let's see if I can look it up quickly. <laughs> Go on and I'll just see if yeah, I can find it. Okay. So yeah, she'd slept with the judge's son. The judge issued a publication ban on the names of Evelyn's lovers. <laughs> so good. So Could good. you imagine? You're sitting there, and the lawyer's like, "How many men have you slept with? A lot. What? It was. It's like 500. No. Wait, wait, no. Or- I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Oh, here it is. Scandalous testimony on the stand. This is from the spec.com, which is the Hamilton Spectator. Um, on the stand at a preliminary hearing, hearing, Evelyn Dick was asked about her promiscuity. Is it not a fact that the father of the child could have been any one of 400 men in the city? The lawyer asked. No, not that many, she said. 300 then, he continued. Well, no. Tell the court how many men you've had sexual intercourse with then, the lawyer says. Maybe 150, Evelyn says. 
I want to name these men for the court right now. Who are they? Well, his son for one, she replies. Were you indicating his honor? The lawyer asks. Yes, the judge's son. <laughs> the judge immediately struck the testimony from the record and issued a restraining order on the publication of the names. And there's a schoolyard song about her, too. There is. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Do you know what the tune is? I don't know what the I've, tune is. I don't know what the tune is either. But it's uh, you cut off his legs, you cut off his arms, you cut off his head. How could you miss his dick? How could you miss his dick? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So let's, let's go on. I just thought it would, that would be. Yeah. No, it's great. It's good. Di- well, it it's, is. It's great bit of dialogue. Yeah. And now you know why it's like made into many TV movies. Right? <laughs> so, the evidence against Evelyn was mostly circumstantial, but that didn't stop the jury from finding her guilty of murder. And she was sentenced to death by hanging. Really? Yeah. Evelyn got a new lawyer for her appeal, J.J. Robinette, who was still green at the time, but would become one of Canada's top trial lawyers. He successfully argued that Evelyn's statements to police were improperly admitted into evidence, and the trial judge had not properly instructed the jury. Her guilty verdict was overturned, and she wouldn't hang for murder. So this guy's a good lawyer. Yeah, apparently... Yeah. yeah, people were like, he had the makings of like a top lawyer. Like, yeah. there was someone, someone was saying that um, in a different case that he had done, like, they knew that he was excellent just by the way that he like eviscerated people on the yeah. stand. So lucky for her, mm-hmm. this guy came to her defense on her appeal. Robinette was also her lawyer when she went to trial for the death of her baby boy. This time around, he produced a shrink who said Evelyn had the mental capacity of a 13-year-old girl. The product of years of abuse. She was found guilty of manslaughter and was sentenced to life in the Kingston Penitentiary for Women. Bill and Donald, uh, they were tried together for John's murder. Mm -hmm. Bill walked, either because Evelyn refused to testify against him or because he couldn't have been involved in the killing and dismemberment. I'm not sure which one, one, Mm -hmm. because I read both. Uh, Donald, for his part, was found guilty of being an accessory after the fact, um, probably because he cut up the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sentenced to five years in prison. He got another five for stealing upwards of $200,000. From the HSR? From the HSR. Huh. <laughs> Finally busted. <laughs> yeah, right? 200 that's a lot at the time. That's a lot. That, that is a shit ton of money. Yeah. And like $1950. 19, $1940. 1940s, 1940s, yeah. Yeah. so evelyn spent i think about 11 years in kingston pen she was a model prisoner and was paroled in november 1958 and released from prison with a new identity she disappeared in canadian society and nobody knows what became of her it's pretty cool yeah yeah and she was um pardoned well here we go finally in 1985 evelyn was pardoned under the royal prerogative of mercy she no longer had to report to the parole board or the police, and her file was sealed forever. I want to know. <laughs> I, like, I'm so curious as to how that happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. All I have left here to say is that if Evelyn were alive today, she'd be closing in on about 100. Yeah. Um, still, her legacy lives on. In 2014, a Hamilton artist and designer named Chris Farias. I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name. Um, he sold a number of Evelyn-inspired items at the city's annual arts festival called Super Crawl. He made cards, t-shirts, tote bags, and shot glasses with a variety of slogans like Love You to Pieces mm-hmm. and The Fastest Way to a Man's Heart is Through His Torso. The Canadian Association for Equality, which is a men's rights group, 
they didn't approve stating the merchandise glorified violence against men. I don't think anyone gave a shit what they had to say. Yeah. Although I have to say, like, they might they might have a valid argument in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. But how much stuff out there glorifies the violence against women? Yeah, but right? at, the, at the same time, I don't think that's right either. It's not. I think but... that just violence against certain people in general is... I have problems with like Che Guevara shirts being sold and like like no like I just don't think it's right to unless you anyway these guys kicked up a stink and nobody cared yeah I'm sure Uh, a movie a musical a play two songs a radio series and a handful of books all tell the story or a version of the story of how Evelyn killed her husband at the time back in the 40s the media reported on her story as if it were a soap opera with outlandish plotting and characters. And seizing upon Which it, her, kinda, it does. Yeah, like, totally. Ooh. Seizing upon her social climbing of promiscuity. Um, more recent retellings have a decidedly film noir slant, recasting Evelyn as a diabolical femme fatale. Ooh. Uh, regardless of how you view Evelyn Dick, the fact remains that she killed her husband, but the full and complete story of what happened to John Dick will always be a mystery. Huh, fun. And that is the torso murder. Well, I have something to say about um, clemency. All right, let's hear it. So, which is the royal prerogative of mercy. Yes, I had never heard of that before. I've never heard of it either until you, told, until you told me to be like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'll look it up. Um, so, <laughs> entertainingly, I did send you a link with also the New Zealand. The New Zealand. So, this is apparently like a Commonwealth thing. I guess so. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, the real prerogative of mercy is a monarch's prerogative exercising can by the governor general or the governor er, governor and council. And the governor general in New Zealand also has the same powers, by the way. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. The governor general well, in Canada yeah. can exercise. Well, you just, you just yeah. never know how one, you know, Well, I think governor around. generals throughout the Commonwealth are all on the same level. But yeah, but the monarchy the has always duties. had a different influence, right, through law. So that's a very different aspect through independence, right? So the constitutions are always different in every country. Yeah, but I still think the governor general is like is the he's queen's the queen's representative. representative so yeah, I would imagine that. But in some places, they could take away. I mean, Parliament could technically, in some ways, take away that power depending on how their constitution is set up. I suppose. So I'm just uh, that's what I'm anyway. Anyway, <laughs> not knowing Getting anything. Topic. Just, yeah, and totally guessing because I don't know shit about <laughs> the constitution of New Zealand. <laughs> if we have any New Zealanders out there, you can write us and tell us how that goes. Anyway. So clemency is granted. I'm I'm taking this off the Government of Canada website, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, so clemency is granted in exceptional circumstances uh, in cases of federal offenses where there are no other remedy exists in law to reduce severe negative effects on criminal sanctions. So it can be requested for many reasons, including employment, perceived inequality, medical conditions, immigration to Canada, compassion, and financial hardship. So, so pretty much everything. <laughs> if you're convicted of a crime yeah a felony even mm-hmm. but it's standing in the way of you getting a job you can apply for so you can be pardoned so if you have here, here's the thing is also like if you want to travel internationally and say you were like 18 and committed an offense and you were 19 and it was and it's on your record so say you have a dui okay that means that you've been charged with a criminal offense which is federal yeah. So the problem is, is that you can't go and you can't apply for jobs all over the world. So you can apply for a pardon so that that can okay. be erased. Because I was stupid when I was 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they go case by case, but like the torso murders are really <laughs> extreme, which is why, because I have heard of having, you can ask for pardons of that. I just didn't know it was called the Royal Prerogative of Mercy. That's okay. more of the, the um, uh, formal kind of term for it, right? 
so and obviously it's a it comes from you know the british monarch having the power to do whatever the fuck they wanted right right so and then because when the governor general came to canada being the representative of the queen they're then given authority to do so um but you can uh find on in on the canadian websites the canadian government websites applications internet applications (laughs) that you can download and then submit to the the courts so i wonder if evelyn in her new identity filled out an application to have herself pardoned there it is so this is the application form that we are looking at right now of corrections and conditional release act the ccra section 109 please print clearly using blue ink (laughs) blue Blue ink ink. you must answer all questions It looks like any other form. It does. It looks like you're just like applying for a passport or like, you know, (laughs) do you have a driver's license? What is your contact info? What's your mailing address? Uh, What address has been in the past 10 years? Have you ever been a member of the Canadian Armed Forces? Right. Um, Yeah, all pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Complete mailing unit. Your full legal name again. So you can fill this out for yourself. What's your level of education just for the hell of it? Last right. places you've worked in the past five years. So this is more like your Nexus passport now, if you want to know. Um, <laughs> right. It's probably Nexus might be harder in some cases to get. Uh, do you know, do your, any of these employers know about your criminal record? And can we contact them by phone for right. a character reference or to validate the claim of undue hardship and the purpose of this application? Right. Um, do you have any other convictions that do not appear on your criminal record? Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> How are they going to say no? No. Yeah. He just... <laughs> Uh, 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 is this a trick question? Uh, <laughs> explain in detail the nature of your request and how you think the case, your case meets the criteria okay. for remedying remedies you're asking for. Describe how and why each of these offenses were committed. Attach, if possible, two or more signed and dated character reference letters from persons other than family members or your employees. Wow. Yeah. It's not a complicated... Not at all. No. And there's a couple of other yeah. ones, too. So there are other applications that are on the same page, but... I just thought that I would get grab this one because yeah. it's kind of interesting to see. Like, it it really isn't very so fancy. You can, so I guess I just I didn't know that you yourself as the can apply for it instead of, instead of like getting a lawyer. For, exactly, yeah. I thought you'd have to go through a lawyer like a, or some a process of some sorts, like exactly. a tribunal or like you think like your parole board would have to you know find an exception for you. But yeah. You can just do it yourself. Be like, I think I deserve to be pardoned. Yeah, exactly. Or I deserve some kind of clemency. <laughs> just don't make your email like, I did it at I the did- <laughs> I, I'm totally guilty. <laughs> at Gmail. Exactly. And I live at 113 Murder Lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So she was let out of prison in 58. And then in 85, got this pardon. So she would have been like 80, wouldn't she? Uh, no, she would have been she like She was 50s. born in 1920. So she was 70. So she'd be, yeah. 75. 75. Wow. Yeah. Curious. But she'd been living all this time as somebody else. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm, you know, you know, it's not even, it's not even. know anything about it, It's not even, yeah, it's, I know. And that's the thing that gets me is it's, it's not like I, don't think she should be pardoned because I have no idea. It's the fact that her whole record is totally sealed. Seal, yeah. And if only you could have it released once the person's dead. Oh, yeah. 
But it's, but I think it's, not. it's sealed forever. I think it's sealed forever, right? Yeah. So, but that's the thing that drives me crazy is because I'm like, come on, at least like, you know, with like, oh, um, it's a bone here. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, like United States, like, um, or certain documents are released after 30 years, I think, oh, past yeah, their date. Yeah. I'm like, why can't that exist? Like, yeah, 30 yeah. years from her death, like at least releasing them <laughs> or something. And I wonder who she was. Wouldn't it be crazy if all of a sudden like this, this was released and you're like, holy shit, that's my neighbor. <laughs> or like, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah my grandmother or whatever i'm like it would but it would cause probably another circus Uh but also what happened to her daughter i don't know so poor heather heather yeah it's messed up yeah there's a lot of questions i have on this i know you're right yeah Heather probably tra- changed her name because she was like infamous because at the I time would. she would have been hounded all the time too yeah. right so yeah. huh good one yeah oh and uh I have an interesting Canadian law for us, by the way. Okay. I've got some weird news, weird crime news. Did you know, uh, Rachel, have you ever like put on a foreign accent and pretended to be like you're from somewhere else? Oh, totally. I was in a cab with my buddy Kyle and we were both speaking in fake accents and the cab driver, before he dropped us off, he's like, you guys suck. (laughs) Like it was clearly we were bad at it. Yeah. Yes, I have done it in the past. I will probably do it again in the future. Have you done point. it in Quebec City? No, I can't say that I have. Because it's illegal. Oh, well, then it's a good it's thing. It's illegal to impersonate a foreigner. <laughs> in Quebec City. In Quebec City. <laughs> Is there any context for that? I don't know. I don't know if it goes back to like, I'm like, maybe it goes back to like a war thing, but that's like prior to Canada. So right. like, I don't think I have, I don't know. Like maybe be a, like maybe an FLQ thing, like a terrorist or organization. Like I don't, I don't know. You just in Quebec, you cannot impersonate a foreigner. Nope. So no fake accents. <laughs> you can't pretend to be like French French. <laughs> that is not allowed. Nope. Oh my god, no, that's no. a good, that's a good dumb law. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it protects us all. It does. It's doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. My ridiculous news. This is the headline. Owner finds body in trunk of own towed car. Okay. So this is really badly written, as you can tell from that awful headline. Mm-hmm. So basically... Where is this? This... Oh, this is in the States. Oh, okay. Um, I wish I could tell you exactly where... Michigan. Okay. So this woman had her car towed. Because mm-hmm. uh, either... She had parked it on private property or somebody else had parked a car on private property. Mm. The car gets towed. She gets a phone call. Um, it was towed over the weekend. She gets a phone call on Monday to come get her car. Right. From and the, there's a body in the it. The tow lot. And there's a body <laughs> in the trunk. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine? Well, I would be pissed would off. What would you do? I, well, be, I would be, be pissed off. I'd be pissed because my car got yeah. towed because it's happened to me I, I and it's a terrible feeling i've had my car towed it's awful fucking calgary <laughs> you have terrible luck in calgary oh no. like it is no offense to calgary like even when i'm in cochrane like just outside of calgary things are okay but as soon as i'm in calgary in this, inside the city limits yeah as soon as i step outside shit. that airport i'm like fucking ready for disaster <laughs> But the airport has the best pinball game ever. I haven't seen it there lately. Ah, oh, what a bummer. I know. Yeah. It's the one thing Calgary had going for it. <laughs> Star Wars pinball at the I airport. Know, I, know. I really want to go to the Stampede at some point. Yeah, they got some like weird new food this year. They always have a new food. I think it's like last year was like buttered 
something soaked butter or something <laughs> butter soaked butter. yeah it was just it was just gross sounding it was really okay. oh deep fried butter sticks or something I oh that's remember. old news that's from like some state fair years ago i don't know either way anyway go on no that's all i got oh okay <laughs> <laughs> well then this is what happens when you only read the headlines <laughs> and not the actual story right <laughs> right which is what i do in my morning um so that's <laughs> I think it's time for some more tea. Then. It might be time for. Some... I am totally done. And you really are, and you have not even I've touched yours. Barely touched mine. Wow. That's right. It means that she's been doing a lot of talking. Well, I have been doing a lot of talking. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, but it's we. It's a we. Oh, okay. Obviously, you're talking a shit ton. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll leave it there <laughs> before we get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and we become. The topic of an episode of True <laughs> Crime. <laughs> um, so I guess until next time, I've been Rachel. I've been Shelly. Stay safe out there. Yeah, please do. And um, yeah. Don't impersonate any foreigners and come back. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Also, don't kill your husbands and chop off their limbs. Let's just let's just say don't kill your husbands exclusively. Or don't kill anyone at all and how, chop off their limbs. How about just like... Or just don't kill. Not to have, let's just be nice to just, people. <laughs> let's go biblical on this. Oh, no killing. What? That's bi- There's all killing in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, <laughs> there's a commandment to not do that. But it's all over it. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just end this here. <laughs> okay. that's, that's a different podcast. <laughs>